um, you know, Ferris at Gmail, Ferris 007 at Gmail, Ferris is Batman at Gmail. I can create as many of those email aliases as I want, and I can make those public. However, only I can access those emails and send um, content from those emails. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Ferris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics podcast. I am your co-host, Ferris, on board with Gordon today. The price of Bitcoin today at time of recording, which is the 14th of April, 2022, price is at $41,145. The block height is 731,759. And last week marked um, quite an event in that the 19 millionth Bitcoin was mined last week. So there will only be 2 million more Bitcoins created between now and the year 2140. So Gordon, I believe today we have a listener-driven question that we're answering. Hi everyone, Gordon here. Apologies for the annoying audio in this recording. I'm not sure what was going on with my microphone, but yeah, I'll uh, have it fixed by next time, but hopefully you can listen past that and uh, still enjoy the episode. Yes, Farris, pretty exciting. Two million left. Uh, Before we get into it, you can ask a question. Head across to bitcoinbasics.help, click on the red microphone icon on the side there. Or just simply go to bitcoinbasics.help slash ask and ask us a question just like Richard has. Um, Before we get into it, let's listen to the question. Hello, Gordon and Ferris. This is Richard from California. And I wanted to let you know that I love the podcast. I've learned tons from you fellows. Haven't seen a lot of new episodes lately. Wondered if there is a different place that I can listen to newer episodes. My main question, however, is private keys and how they appear on a hardware wallet. I have purchased a hardware wallet for several months and understand the importance of getting it set up, but I've had this burning question specifically is this, are private keys, let's say you are doing dollar cost averaging and buying Bitcoin weekly, Does that mean that you're going to end up with dozens or hundreds of different private keys on the wallet, or do they all accumulate into one total and show as, as one total for uh, whatever the holding is, say Bitcoin. Appreciate the response and uh, keep up the good work. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. So thanks, Richard, for those words of encouragement. That kind of stuff keeps us going. So, uh, Faris, we have what, what's our count of listenership? Are we up to four or five? Or uh, I've lost track. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, thanks, thanks, Richard, and that encouragement is absolutely fantastic. Um, you talk about latest episodes. If you're listening to this right now with your ears, this is the latest episode. So, I think we're up to 164. So if you want to listen to 163 other episodes, you can do that. We try and keep all our content evergreen. So don't worry if an episode is a year old, uh, the information 
and the fundamentals are exactly the same. Just a quick plug about our podcast. We're pretty much on every podcast platform. So all the major ones, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. Just search for Bitcoin Basics Podcast. Feel free to share it with your family and friends. Um, And of course, you can find all the links at bitcoinbasics.help. We're obviously on YouTube and all that kind of stuff as well. But just head across there. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, it is the latest episode. So, Faris, uh, Richard asked a good question about um, private keys and hardware wallets and that kind of stuff. But before we get into it, quick refresher. What is a private key? So whenever you create a Bitcoin wallet, in a Bitcoin wallet, think of it as an email address. So you can go ahead and create as many email addresses as you want. Um, you know, Ferris at Gmail, Ferris 007 at Gmail, Ferris is Batman at Gmail. I can create as many of those email aliases as I want. And I can make those public. However, only I can access those emails and send um, content from those emails. So a Bitcoin public wallet, think of that like an email address where anyone can send you emails, you can share that. A Bitcoin private key, that is the password that allows you to manage that Bitcoin wallet. Um, So essentially that's what a private key is. A private key is something that you do not share publicly. It's something that allows you to manage, to send the Bitcoins out of the Bitcoin wallet. Great, Ferris. I don't have a lot to add to that. So while we're, well, I've got you, what is a hardware wallet? So going to Richard's question here. So a hardware wallet is um, something like a ledger, a treasure, or a passport from foundation where basically it is a device specifically made for storing Bitcoins and crypto. Um, The reason you would do that is it's, think of it like a vault. Instead of keeping gold or cash um, in a bank, you have your own private personal vault. That's what a hardware wallet is. It allows you to keep those Bitcoins offline in a device specifically made for those. Um, there are other types of wallets. There's a paper wallet where, um, cause remember your private key is essentially just a series of letters and numbers. Uh, some people actually memorize those in their head. Um, that's not something I try to do. Some people are happy keeping them on a piece of paper. A hardware wallet is what I personally find to be the best solution because, you know, uh, you can, if you're relying on memory, you can forget, uh, if you're relying on paper, paper can um, drown, burn, get lost. Whereas a hardware wallet has a very good, easy backup solution. Excellent, Faris. Good explanation. I have nothing to add to that. So to go to Richard's question, um, what is sort of happening behind the scenes? And I guess he's he's almost added, answered his own question saying, does, does stuff accumulate? A hardware wallet pretty much manages everything for you. And the, and the reason, as Farah said, a hardware wallet is more secure than a software wallet. Um, sort of the difference between burying your gold in the backyard versus burying it or putting it in a safe. Uh, a hardware wallet really um, has an enormous advantage in that it generates keys. So every time you send Bitcoin or receive Bitcoin, you should be using a new address. And the terminology and, and what Faris used in terms of email address is fine. Um, an email address is your public sort of address and your password is sort of like a private address. And in order to send email, you have to know your password. Same with Bitcoin, you have to have the private key. A hardware wallet manages that in the background. 
but it does not accumulate them. And a hardware wallet sort of obfuscates and sort of hides all the complexity behind the scenes. And what you see on a hardware wallet is, you know, your balance. You have 0.125 Bitcoin. But behind the scenes, and, and you mentioned DCA, dollar cost averaging. So for example, if you were dollar cost averaging every week, 52 weeks in a year, best practices is that you use a different receiving address every single time you receive Bitcoin. That means behind the scenes in your hardware wallet, you have 52 receiving addresses or Bitcoin public addresses and 52 private keys associated with those addresses. So behind the scenes, your hardware wallet says you've got 0.125 Bitcoin, but that's actually made up of 52 Bitcoin addresses, public addresses, and 52 corresponding private keys. So one Bitcoin address has an associated private key with that. Yes, and exactly just on that point, Gordon. So uh, with Richard's question, if you're using a paper wallet or if you're going by memory, then yes, you'd have to write down or memorize 52 private keys because every time you create a new Bitcoin wallet, you are creating a new set of private keys. So if you're doing a paper wallet or memory, you would have to memorize those or write them down every time. But as Gordon was saying, with a hardware wallet, all you need is the pin to get into that hardware wallet, and then it will automatically generate those 52 different addresses. If you lose that hardware wallet, then you just need your 24 or 25 seed phrase and buy a new hardware wallet, put that seed phrase in, and it regenerates all of those addresses. So I think from Rich's point of view, if you're doing this um, paper wallet or memory, then yes, you are generating a new um, private key every single time. If you're using a hardware wallet, then you don't have to worry about it. The pin number is all you need to access and you keep your seed phrase. But just on that, Gordon, um, why would you want to create a new, like why not just use the same Bitcoin wallet every time if you're dollar cost averaging? Why go through the hassle of creating a new um, wallet every single time? Well, you don't have to. It's, it's just from a privacy point of view. So best practices in terms of privacy is that the blockchain records transactions. And Richard's question really comes down to accounts and a management. Like a bank account and actually some other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, they have a, this system of accounts. So one person, one account. Um, Bitcoin and the Bitcoin blockchain doesn't have a notion of accounts. So your bank account, you may have 30 transactions for the month every single transaction is tied to your one account. And it, it, it's a database. And that database, that one account is usually a customer number. So, you know, in the database, there's your customer number, sends this amount to this person or whatever. The blockchain doesn't have accounts. So the blockchain simply has one transaction to another transaction. But if you are a three-letter agency or if you are a tax office or, you know, whoever, you can pretty easily trace you know, 52 different addresses going to this one, you know, Bitcoin address on the blockchain. And that's not done manually, that's done with computers. And so it's pretty bad privacy to sort of say, okay, there are 52 individual transactions, but they're really going to the same person. So it's, a, it's just a way to sort of um, obfuscate what you're doing and sort of hide in plain sight in terms of changing your receiving address every single time you receive or send Bitcoin. Um, it's good for privacy, just for you know general blockchain privacy, but it's good also from the sender's point of view. So the person sending you the Bitcoin also sort of knows what your address is and whatnot. 
um, yeah, just to change that is is good for privacy. Um, and as far as said, a hardware wallet handles all that for you. Bitcoin addresses are free. Um, it's like an email address. You just create a new email address every time you want to receive or, or send Bitcoin. So it's just a no-brainer. And most decent hardware wallets and software wallets do that for you anyway. So every time you click on receive, for example, it will actually generate another Bitcoin address for you to receive it. Well, Richard, hopefully that answers your question. If it doesn't, please get in touch. And again, as Gordon mentioned earlier, we um, do answer questions on air. Go to bitcoinbasics.help and you will see a little microphone logo there. Just click on that. You can um, record a question if you don't want your vi uh, sorry, if you don't want your voice um, being played on the podcast, just email us a question and we're happy to answer them. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, Richard. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.